podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everybody, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. It's a Star Trek podcast, you haven't figured that out yet. Um, Spoiler, we're going to talk about Star Trek. I'm Matt. I'm Andy. And I'm just an old man. Hang in there, Scotty. We all feel like old mans. I think I am an old man. Well, I mean, technically he was like a hundred and... I'm not as old as that. You're not as old as Scotty when he was beamed aboard the Enterprise from the Janolan. No. I do feel just as useless as he, he did at various points. You know, sometimes I think it's important to burden yourself with old people to pretend that they're important. <laughs> that was the lesson from that episode. <laughs> is that the lesson? I, I thought mean, that's my that was my takeaway. It is wasn't lesson like everybody's has value at any age. No, no, I think it was uh let's put on a song and dance and give them a shuttlecraft and get them out of here. <laughs> I guess that might have been. <laughs> I guess Jordy certainly, uh, he got his comeuppance with Wesley a couple of episodes ago. Well, <laughs> how he I mean, treated Scotty in that episode. I guess I hadn't thought about it. That 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 I feel less anger towards Wesley now. Yeah. Maybe Wesley was just really high on Scotty and that has always stuck in his craw. Who wouldn't be? He was just waiting for the moment he could get back at him. Uh yeah, I mean look, we're all we're all high on Scotty. We're rapidly approaching the end of TNG here, everybody. We've got, uh, what, three more episodes after this? Uh, let's see. Is that correct? That's correct, I believe. I think you're right, yeah. My goodness. Then we'll be docking at Deep Space Nine for the next four years. <laughs> <laughs> so, everybody, get ready for that. They're all um, excited. I've heard no, not a single person saying they are not happy and anticipatory well i think it's a good opportunity also for uh my wife needs me to move my car in a half an hour so that's i'm gonna have to let's find out when that is everybody (laughs) inside the belly of the beast guys you're seeing some real bts stuff going on right now when will matt move his car um what was we got um this is bloodlines. Then we got emergence. Then yes, we got preemptive strike, and then all good things. And all good things we're doing all at once, right? Uh, yeah, because it's. Well, I don't think I, I don't think it's available in its two part pretend two part form. So, so do you want to lay the big news on as a as a as a movie? You know, yeah, for all intents and purposes. Uh, there's no. I mean, look. There's only big news if you're in the president's circle. So, if you're not in there, you better get in there. Otherwise, this news is just gonna be going right over your head. So, get in the know. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Hop into the president's circle. Join us in May. We're doing a special. Uh, we're gonna record the episode of uh, All Good Things. Um, for all of you wonderful people, including the people not in the President's Circle. But the President's Circle is going to get to watch us do it live. We're going to stream. Uh, we're going to do a stream of it. 
of all good things. The the TNG finale. So you'll get to hear our thoughts unedited. I don't normally we don't normally edit anything. <laughs> really no no editing we have anyway. To edit something. <laughs> Only no. the President Circle will know why or what we did that was so horrible. And I've got news for you. If we One do it, it's something was something. We said something way out of line. If Matt or I go on one of our classic offensive rants, uh, it'll be too late. It'll be out there on the uh, on the. But at least we preemptively say, I don't want to get off on a rant here. And then we start. Sure, sure. That's that smooths it all over. That's our catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so on uh, on Star Wars Day, May the fourth. That's when we're recording all good things. We decided to take Star Wars Day and make it Star Trek Day. <laughs> so if you're in the Patreon in May, uh, in the President's Circle, May fourth, seven p.m. Pacific Standard Time. It's late for the East Coast. Who knows what it is for everybody else? Uh, we're gonna we're gonna record, and President Circle members are invited. You'll be able to watch through Patreon, uh, and that stream will be available for everybody else to listen to, uh, like a week after that. So there it is. We're also gonna be doing Q and A. We're gonna because I figured out this whole streaming thing. I think. Did a couple of test streams that people showed up for, which was wild because I had no, no warning to anybody. So there was so a lot, surprising amount of people popping in. Oh my god! And then a surprising amount of people have have watched it since. Oh, is it still available? Yeah. Oh, that's sort of upsetting. I don't even remember. It just seemed like that's just me looking confused most of the time. But it's you know, is that that different? Is that that different than most of these episodes? Um. Yeah. So. Get in there. Exciting stuff happening in the Patreon. We're doing uh, Q&A streams every month now in the President's Circle. Uh, but we'll kick it off with all good things being recorded uh, for all of you to listen. And uh, who knows? Maybe we'll run some polls during the show because that's a thing we can do. Ooh. Andy loves a poll. I do and, love polls. Uh, why not? Why not have it? Uh, Matt can argue with the results on the spot. I love it. That said, everybody, it's time to talk about bloodlines. Uh, but, you know, we got some stuff to do first, which is this. Matt, would you have them watch this episode? For those of you wanting to see the conclusion of Damon Bach, yes. But that's the only reason I would watch. I didn't remember who he was. I had to look it up. What? It like, it's a stargazer? I, Mind I mean, control? I remember. Different actor? That. Oh, was it a different actor? Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's a little bit bullshit. <laughs> look, look. Here, here's here's the here's here's the what's f- uh, funny uh, over at uh, Red Letter Media. Their review of Picard. They did. Rich Evans, um, one of the guys, was was proposing that the board queen is actually Damon Bach. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, funny. It was a very funny, <laughs> funny thing to say because uh, it's an unresolved storyline. You know, you got to get that. You gotta figure out Damon Bach. Damon Bach still got it at Lust for Blood and Revenge. It's interesting uh, that they they bring him back in the way that they're like bringing back plots in these last few episodes, like Wesley and everything. It's like let's tie it up, except it does end with just like, man, he's still mad and out there. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, so that's that. Let's head over to the Admirals Club, see what's doing in there, and um, hopefully we can 
get this thing going. Go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, and join the Admirals Club. Man, how do they get into the Admirals Club? Head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review of the show. You'll be in the club, and you might read it on the show. Uh, you might be that lucky. Who's lucky today? Who's hearing it? Well, Black Ops A115 wrote in. Classic. With a five-star review uh, entitled Ship of Theseus. I'm extremely behind and just watched Rightful Air, and it made me think of the WandaVision episode where there were two visions and the argument of the ship of Theseus. Uh, This podcast is amazing, and I love it. Uh, I enjoy all their jokes and distracted conversations. Keep it up, guys. Uh, I'm a little annoyed that that was in WandaVision, because now everyone references it constantly. (laughs) (laughs) Ship of Theseus? Yeah, but like that was a thing I always used to think about with the Enterprise A, because it was such a refit of 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 the NCC-1701. Right. I was like, oh, most of the parts of that ship are gone. So is it really still the Enterprise? Right. And now we all think about fucking WandaVision. <sighs> well, a certain segment thinks about WandaVision. But, uh, you know, a lot of Marvel, as I've said before, I, th- I feel like, you know, you can feel when when the writers have, ju- Marvel uh, TV, have jumped off of... Um, of uh, TNG or, or Star Trek in various ways. Plot I wise. mean, look, we're all we're all standing on the backs of Asimov and Arthur C. Clarke, so, right. and, and Jules Verne. Right. I think everybody everybody's on their shoulders. You know, even Star Trek. Andy, did Roddenberry ever point to Jules Verne? Uh, probably into like to say, "Ha ha, fuck you, asshole! I'm still alive." <laughs> Roddenberry did always lord it over Jules Verne. <laughs> Physically pointing at the ground. Uh, our other Admiral Club admittee is Jay Whitlark, who writes great fun. I enjoy this podcast. I listen to it to help fall asleep. Hey, whatever gets you through the night, guys. If you want to listen to us fall asleep, please do. Download. Enjoy. You're welcome. That's it for the Admiral's Club. It's over to the President's Circle. It's the hottest place in the galaxy right now, you know, with all this new announcements, especially live stream, live Q&A every month. What? It's crazy. Let's go. The United Federation of Planets President's Circle. Wow, it's the President's Circle, everybody. For a measly seventeen oh one a month, you could be in here. It's luxurious. The buffet's better than the Admiral's Club. And, uh, quite frankly, we're nicer in here. So, Andy, who's got a Christopher Pike Medal of Valor? This month, there are a couple. Uh, the first one is from Kevin Quinn. You know, May the 5th, I think, is when Strange New Worlds debuts. Oh, really? Yeah, so we're going to have an action-packed week. Wow, that is going to be a lot of stuff. Um, uh, Kevin Quinn uh, wrote in uh, regarding Firstborn, Firstborn, a.k.a. Gach to the Future. (laughs) Nice. And a lot of approval. Um, I don't know if I 
I'd be like handing out medals of valor for that. <laughs> got got a lot of got but, a lot of likes. So I, do I didn't want to fight the tide. Sure. Uh, C. Edwards also uh, suggested. Uh, hear me out. The Duras sisters as Salt and Peppa. Okay. That also got a lot of approval. Um, and that's it for the uh, Salt oh wait. and Peppa. <laughs> Kabayashi Maru also uh, wrote, uh, bringing you hits like Stab It, Shoot, Let's Talk About uh, NGA, Sex and Klingon, and uh, What a Wharf. Act now and we'll give you your very own collectible Muller's head in a box, all for the low, low price of 50 Darsecs. <laughs> uh, that's I it. think if Worf had given him the 50 Darsecs, he wouldn't have had to time travel. That's so true. Do you think really? that was that was where the problem really started? <laughs> that was the turning point, I think, in his life. I went back in time to make sure that you ma- allowed me to see Melor's head. Yeah, maybe, maybe he sees the head, and it, like you know, he ties him closer to Klingon culture, and uh, he doesn't, you know, he wants to become a warrior. Could be. Uh, that to me is is maybe the biggest character problem in that episode is that he's pushing him to be into Klingon culture, and then he's like, "No, we're not going to do that." I'm not giving you money for that. That's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> chill out. Uh, we're in the priority one. Messages proper. Uh, cool. Captain, incoming priority message. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. What's what is everyone saying about uh, Firstborn? Well, Lieutenant Madawin writes, Finally, Klingon Renfair. Targlegs and mead for everyone. Other than Jeffrey Combs, James Loyan is my favorite Trek guest star actor. I mean, I gotta agree. He really, he crushed it. Is he? Does he appear again besides the Romulan and, uh, and weirdly Worf's future son? Uh, does he appear again? Because he's just killed it both times. I think so. Did a fantastic Romulan. Did a fantastic Klingon. Um, Tom Bondurant writes, Patty and Selma plus Statler and Wardra- Waldorf equals Lursa and Betor. I, think I mean, fair. I don't even think you need the Statler and Waldorf of it all. You think Patty and Selma are just Lursa? Yeah. yeah. They even have very similar hair. <laughs> Is that what they're based on? Even the Simpsons are influenced. Um, Neil Studd writes the good thing about all this I think, I think in fairness to the Simpsons Patty and Selma came first Selma came first Patty and Selma were oh, before TNG oh pre-date. interesting yeah the that, oh, definitely yeah then the Dura sisters that's fair um, Neil Studd the good thing about all the super crazy TNG and Voyager episodes right now is that until Picard season 2 gets to wherever it's going they never happen Wars of Velociraptor? Great. Alexander violated the temporal accords? Fill your boots. Janeway and Paris birthed lizards? Not anymore, they didn't. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, it depends on which time travel theory you which subscribe to. Which timeline you're going to, yeah. Lots to discuss, obviously. That's all happening in the Patreon. If you uh, would like to listen to us talk about Picard every week, head over there. You can join at the lieutenant's level and get that. Four episodes of Picard every month. That's right. But if you want your full, if you want your full eight episodes of fun, you got a president circle. I guess nine if you count the Q and A as something. I guess that's true. 
Dear God. Be ending the Q&A. You're probably going to be trying out again. We also got your two Voyagers. You got your Enterprise. Uh, Dan Man Mountain writes, Happy First Contact Day, everybody. Thank you. On April 5th. It's now the 11th, but uh, he, he posted it on the 5th. Um, thank you, Dan. And, and happy First Contact Day to everyone. May the 4th be with you. Yes. Um... Great and Terrible Lizak writes, Due to architectural and fire suppression reasons, my office at work has two walls that do not go all the way up to the ceiling. On the other side of these walls is a sort of atrium that goes from the second floor of the building to the fifth floor where I work. Why did I tell you this uninteresting information? During the discussion of what Chakotay smells like, I laughed so hard that two people on the fourth floor later independently came to me to report uh, having the following exchange. <laughs> Coworker A. Isn't she by herself up there? Coworker <laughs> B. I bet she's listening to a podcast. <laughs> no interest in what podcast it was, Coworker <laughs> B. No, huh? apparently not. Whatever. Screw you, Coworker B. And then Jess, newly diagnosed at age 39 with a hint of autism. No shame. Um, she also wrote, I had a similar moment. I listened while working out at the precinct gym. And once fell to the side of the treadmill while laughing. Half the SWAT team was there and threatened to kick me out if I was laughing so hard over some Battle Trek Wars bullshit. Your, uh, your, your co-workers sound more understanding of UN podcasts. Now, I must. this sound feels like the kind of thing that I would have had the exact same reaction to in different podcasts. But I did not remember, Jess, that you... Is this implying that you're on the SWAT team? That's fucking awesome. Really Andy's exciting. gonna Andy's gonna write to you on Instagram and ask if he could go on a ride along. Oh man, can I go on a ride along? That'd be great. I don't know if I'd want to be on a ride along for the SWAT team. <laughs> it feels like I would definitely be in the way. They'll give you a gun. All right. Um, Firstborn and uh, follow up on DS9 from our old friend Tom Bondurant. Uh, Andy and Matt, when Quark appeared in Firstborn, you all discussed how that fit into the overall Trek timeline. I think this was also the point where you mentioned Patrick Stewart uh, hosting SNL. Back in October, uh, I volunteered to do a little Elsewhere in Trek note for each DS9 episode. Uh, It would check in on the other Trek shows to see what they were doing that week. In other words, it would basically be your Firstborn discussion, but from the DS9 point of view. Specifically, and without spoiling anything, Firstborn aired the week of April 23rd, 1994, about the same time as the DS9 episode, The McKee, uh, Part 1. TNG had finished shooting its final episode on April 6th, filming on Star Trek Generations, and had already started on March 24th, and Voyager was in pre-production. Owen Patrick Stewart hosted SNL on February 4th, 1994. <laughs> um, how do you feel about that? Because there has been some debate. I know you had said you want to keep... This week in Trek, even if it doubles up on previous this week's in Treks for DS9? Or do you um, not want to make the decision? Well, I mean, I don't see why we wouldn't. Again, it's like, to me, this week in Trek is just sort of like the lay of the land of what the world is doing. Right. Which then allows us to like look at the scripts and the episodes and sort of see if there's any sort of mirroring of social things or, you know. How do you feel about this? Bondurant offer to give us a what's going on in Trek thing. Offer accepted? Great. I like to make him make decisions uh, about the make command decisions on air because otherwise neither of us ever decide anything. (laughs) 
Um, Mr. The Ultimate Trekker writes, uh, wait, so Future Alexander is just hanging around making no mention of the Dominion and the Borg and such? Maybe he's laying low and going Biff Tannen. <laughs> Could be. Cock to the future. Gray's Sports Almanac. Do you wish you had that? A future Gray Sports Almanac? No. <laughs> That doesn't give you any joy, huh, buddy? Well, I mean, what am I going to do with it now, you know? What year did it go through? I feel like I'm over it. It's over now, right? I assume it would be for future events. Yeah, but he bought it in 2015, so it's useless to me now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's like, great, thanks, Marty. What am I going to do with this? Go back in time and fucking bet on sports? Because this is useless to me. Yeah. And then he'd be like, oh, I forgot it was 2022. Yeah. Seven years after I purchased this and then went back in time. Where's our hoverboards? That's my question. Actually, I guess hoverboards sort of exist. Do you see that guy who was dressed as Green Goblin flying through uh, Times Square? Uh, no. It, it really made me excited. You never For hear what? a bunch about that guy, huh? For what? There was a guy. Not for me, but just like, I don't know. I always get excited whenever my childhood vision of Marvel is becoming real. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I get excited when uh, Spider-Man's arch nemesis is real. (laughs) I'm not excited about that. I haven't seen a Spider-Man yet to come and stop him. (laughs) I mean, that's fair. (laughs) All we got is that robot from Disney. It would be terrible. Um, Mr. Uh, I did that. Eric Peebles writes, if my son was such a disaster, he traveled back in time to fix or kill his younger self. My takeaway wouldn't be he needs to, quote, follow his path. Where you at, Troy? (laughs) (laughs) Really good point. She was too busy kind of gearing up to uh, to do give the uh, give the same speech to uh, to Picard's non son in this episode. Micho and Miriam at Quark's Quark is Latinum Gold Press writes Andy, uh, Matt, uh, the Klingons were invaded by the Herc early in their history. I always imagined they stole tech from the Herc they killed. I don't remember what this is in reference I mean, to. well, we always talk about Klingon scientists. Oh, right, right, right. Peaceful Klingons and Klingon carpenters and the like. Right. Again, I think it's. I think. I think uh, the Klingon Empire has large swaths of people. I think a lot of them we see are warriors on ships, but they're behind the scenes scientists. Yeah, sure. Every time we see a scientist, they're duplicitous and either trying to sabotage the Enterprise or um, are very jealous of Beverly Crusher's autopsies. <laughs> but you know, they're out there. Um. I'd like to hear more from them. You do see Romulan scientists, right? We see them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're half their Vulcans, so of course they're going to have scientists. Kamaraki, DS9 or bust. Uh, you're almost there, Kamaraki. Uh, Future Alexander is the perfect example of how most of us would screw up our time travel plans. Underestimating people of the past, poor research, sloppy painting. I know it's exactly how things would go if I went back and tried to do something. Um, Oh, you found the Dora sisters. Uh, Congratulations, Commander. (laughs) Oh, no. I forgot I was going back to the flagship of the Federation. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, and then we just had a, a bunch of quick hails <laughs> regarding the uh, TNG cast. Is going to be on Picard. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we should have led with this, uh, but uh, you'd. Uh, do you have any? Uh, I know we discussed it a little bit on uh, on our Picard episode inside the Patreon. Do you want to share your overall thoughts? Was that on the Picard episode? Was it? Uh, we do so many that I don't remember. I think it weird, was weirdly like sitting here right now. I'm like, well, the appropriate place to discuss that really seems like the Picard episodes. And but I'm this is a sure, TNG episode. I'm sure I said the same, the reverse. <laughs> well, this will you be fascinating I mean? for them to compare. What do you want to say today? Yeah, I'm sure I said the reverse. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm cautiously, I'm not optimistic <laughs> about it. I'm honestly like, I just, I just, I want the characters to feel right. Sure. Uh, I don't want anybody betraying their character. You know, there's the argument of like, well, people change over 30 years, but the reality is, do they? I feel like once you're like, you know, once you're like in your 30s, you're kind of stuck. You're not changing. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you know what I mean? It's like this, it's the argument, take. but it's like the Luke Skywalker argument. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, he, of course he would change over that, you know, period of time. Like, no, he wouldn't. He'd still uh-huh. be Luke fucking Skywalker. Who's the most successful extrapolation of a future character that they've returned to? I feel like they did a pretty good job with Neo. Logan. Did you ever see Matrix? Logan. Yeah, Logan. Yes, Logan is, is great. And and for that matter, Xavier, but that was sort of partly based on, you know, him having an ailment, which they then yeah. tried to do in the regular Picard that didn't really work. Um, but uh, yeah, like I don't have a problem with them being different. I just, you know, just have it be a, a sensible extrapolation where it's sort of like, ooh, nice. It's a different version, but I'm also interested in seeing this yeah. version of Jordy. Yeah. I mean, but it's like, you know, you see Xavier being that, you know, deteriorating that much, but also still being Xavier. Right. Um, and, it's interesting. And Logan yeah. being fucking a more tired Logan. <laughs> right. It's sort of part of my, like, I accepted the Force Awakens, for example, version of Han Solo. But I guess in my head, I always felt like, oh, we're going to project forward. We're going to see him as this weather general, but still cool ass Han Solo. And part of my problem was he was almost too much the same guy. Like they just reset him. That's true, too. Well, that was the problem. He wasn't the same. He wasn't an extrapolation of the same guy he was in Jedi. He was this, an extrapolation of the same guy he was in A New Hope. That's fair. Yeah. Which was which was the problem. Right. This was a guy that, like, came to love his, you know, friends and would do anything for them and uh, didn't wasn't putting himself first anymore by the end of the trilogy. Right. And then suddenly... You go back and it's like, well, he's decided that was all silly and now he's just back. It's just him and fucking Chewie. Right. And they, you know, obviously you can make the same argument of like, well, he's seen so much and these sad things happen and then he gave up again. And it's sort of like, yeah, you can buy it, but is that fun to watch? (laughs) Um, And it's interesting they do sort of opposite things where they do, they make Luke sort of grizzled and kind of, you know, um, 
I don't know. We don't, we don't need to get into the flaws I mean, of Force in a, Awakens. In, 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 yeah, in a way that like the, that character move for Han versus Luke would have been more palatable, I think. Um, but I mean, this is why I kind of like like what they're doing in Mandalorian more, and Dave Filoni, I think, and and uh, John Favreau. Uh, but I would I would guess a lot of it is Dave Filoni, who's like the diest of diehard Star Wars well, fans. Is then when you bring back Luke. It's like, oh, it's this fucking badass version of Luke like we've always wanted to see, CG aside. Um, well, that's like that's the Luke you get to play in Battlefront 2. Right. Campaign. It's a very short campaign, but <laughs> yeah. it's a good part of the campaign is when you run into Luke. Um, anyway, uh, I'm interested. I'm excited. And well, certainly of course the pe- I'm interested. Our friends in the Patreon are excited. Uh, Mark T says, inject this directly into my veins. Uh, Tess says, it's all I've ever wanted for the show. It's all anyone wanted. Chicago Joe says, holy so shit, it's going to be straight up TNG. No, and it won't. No, it won't. No, it won't. I know you want it to be, and I want it to be, but it won't be. Katie Campbell on Twitter says, it's like they're finally listening to the president circle, where we are all presidents. Doesn't even know. KD, I you know honestly, the fact that it's already in the can is worrisome to me. Uh, because that means that they sort of didn't have any been reacting. Yeah, feedback from anything that was happening this season in in Picard, or you know, and I just, you know, we had a question about why. They were dropping it at this point, and you know, people had sort of said first contact day. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the reason they're dropping it now is because stick the, with us. We're sorry. Well, there's certainly that, but there's also the presence of the uh, of the of the TNG cast is revealed by the end of this season. But then, why would they? I mean, that could be a situation where it's like they have to fix the larger problem with Q. Uh huh you know get the band back together right i actually i'm going back on that because why would you blow the end of the season that seems dumb well what i think it is is what i was saying yeah i think you're right they just wanted to hang on the next season they're all coming back well i mean yeah you could stop watching now but why would you do that when this is coming yeah i mean yes they're all gonna be in you know 2024 but nonetheless Uh, that is it for the uh, Priority One messages. Let's All right. enter the hail bag proper. Okie dokie. Let's uh, head out. Welcome to oh the Admiral's Club. Uh, and... Captain, we are being hailed. All right. Uh, I'm also going to have a couple of hails in the uh, in the Dropbox, uh, just to give you a heads up. Uh, firstborn, Jason Burris writes us, uh, Andy, a fun time travel question was raised in my mind by Alexander's intentions in this episode. If I went back in time and enrolled my, se- my younger self in karate... All those karate lessons would then be in the past for my older self, and I should then know karate. Could I then teach my younger self karate? 
depends on which mythology you're going by again. <laughs> again, it's like what rules of time travel are you? Are you Bill and that's Bill and Ted time travel? Right. That's like you know I'm gonna remember to do this so we can beat the evil robot uses. That's why I put a whatever here. That's why I put that cage up there. You know, right. We got to remember to do all those things when we leave. <laughs> <laughs> um. Then uh, I don't know if you have access. If you want to play uh, our voicemail from Greg. Um. Anybody listening? Count the number of seconds it's been between him telling me that these sounds are in here. Okay. And mind, asking I can, if I'm ready to play it. No problem. I can go on to the next. The answer one. is yes. I can play it. Okay. Just want to show off. What's up, gentlemen? How you doing? Greg from Fall Order Tower here. Acting COO of ASA, the Andy Sick underscore of specific acting. AKA, the results are in. You are more the barber. More. Uh, <laughs> I just want to call handles. out that um, Kim Tar was obviously War Sun from the moment we heard his name mentioned in the script. It's so, <clears throat> excuse me, it's so obvious. All one had to do was break down his name, slap it into an acronym. You have KMTAR. Oh, Klingon. Masquerading the Alexander Roshenko. <laughs> Good job, writers. I thought right through it. <laughs> That's funny. Um, DS9, uh, what was happening this week? Idea. Uh,. You told me to email again when the et cetera, et cetera. It's almost time. Uh, since there would be many episodes that overlap DS9 and TNG, um, like the top song movie TV show, will just be repeat info. So my suggestion to is once the switch happens to DS9, you list the ninth most popular song, the ninth most popular TV show that week. Might make for some funny results. Might also be hard to find. That's true. But... I'll take it under advisement. I don't hate it. If somebody wants to (laughs) take that that responsibility. Um, Genesis. uh, So this is a couple of episodes ago, but I thought this was uh, valid because this is from a um, a biologist, primatologist. um, And this is from the episode Genesis. That's not how evolution works. Zarin Machanda. Uh, writes, uh, hey, Matt and Andy, I know I'm a little late on this one, just wanted to comment. I'm an evolutionary biologist, primatologist, and this is just not how evolution works. Take a marmoset, for example. Humans and marmosets last shared a common ancestor about 42 million years ago. Whatever the species was, it probably looked like some kind of monkey, but it wasn't a marmoset. Marmosets (laughs) are the product of 42 million years of evolution since we split with them. Uh, So the gene that makes a marmoset a marmoset don't exist in our human genomes. Humans don't contain dormant gene, genes of every a- other animal on Earth. There is just no way that Barkley would have dormant spider genes. Spiders have undergone 800 million years of evolution since we last shared an ancestor with them. That ancestor didn't look like a spider, a human, uh, Spider-Man, or much of uh, anything other than a blob of cells. The DNA that we share with spiders is for basic stuff like cellular respiration and other processes that all life has in common. In presenting evolution or de-evolution, which is actually not a thing in reality, uh, in this way, they imply that humans are somehow more evolved than other species, which is just not the case. All life on Earth today has evolved 
the same amount of time. Sorry for the rant, but it's the one reason I can't get behind this episode. I thought it was spooky as a kid, but now it just drives me nuts. Thanks for reading. Hope you're doing well. Best wishes. Zareen. That's gave the, me the one reason you can't get behind the episode? I mean... That's the only one. He loves like the acid more. in the face. I feel like there's more. He loves Dumb Riker. Everything else he loves. I thought that was a she for some reason. A what? I thought it was. I thought. I thought it was a female writing in for some reason. It's Zareen. Is that a male or female name? I mean, I would guess with a vowel at the end and a vowel in the middle, it's a female. But oh well, I apologize. That's to, just me. But also, what are we doing? Assigning gender either way. That's true. It's th- them. That's what they say. Yeah. Um, Lieutenant Commander Christopher Clement, uh, a longtime supporter and member of our crew. Um, gave us the hailing frequencies close sound that we use in every episode. Gave us, and that's how television works. When I can find it. When you can find it. And uh, many other sounds that have become an integral part of our stupidity. Um, he gave us a, a, a voice hail, and it's uh, listed, I think, either Christopher or Clement. Hello, Matt and Andy. This is Christopher Clement. You may remember me from such hits as Hailing Frequencies Closed, or the lesser-known Episode in a Bottle, and the never-played Andrew Secunda School for Specific Acting. I just wanted to send you a note to let you know how much I've enjoyed the entire podcast series. I'm currently way behind in the episodes, what with the pandemic and all, and also moving from California to New Zealand. It's exciting. I realize that while I'm way back at the very beginning of season seven, you're nearly done with season seven. So I just wanted to send a note saying, great work, gents. I've really enjoyed participating in some amount with your podcast. Thanks again. And keep up the great work. Of course, the irony is that it will be several weeks before I can actually hear if you even play this or reply. Go figure. Well, we did. We sure did. Uh, hope the hope the toilet's going the other way like it's supposed to. <laughs> um, I also uh, because he he did us such a service with his sounds and his uh, his editing uh, sound editing mastery. Uh, I thought we would play a couple of his hits. Um, and I downloaded uh, episode in a bottle <laughs> for one, which you should have access to there. This is a this is a version we don't play as often. I don't think we play. We haven't played it in uh, I don't know a long time. It's an episode in a bottle, yeah. <laughs> it's an episode in a bottle, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to get your 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 bass out? And play along. Uh, no, that'd be more of actually a guitar part. That's just a guitar. That'd be more Andy Summers. Uh, and then uh, there's an Andy's Theories version that I don't think we play very often. Maybe it's just because we don't. Uh, we just go to the the closeout song usually. Andy's Theories. Andy's theories. Make, make, make it so. Andy's theories. 
Make it so. More than interested, fascinated, one might say a god. And these theories. Make, make, make it so. Uh, that one should be in rotation. I like that one. Um, I assume it sort of fell out of rotation because of its length, but uh, it is amazing. Uh, and then the last one, uh, I don't know if we ever played, which was a Sakota School specific acting um, jingle theme song. What a weird bit of house cleaning we're doing right now. <laughs> oh, we're coming to the end of the uh, the run. I wanted to give him his props. Hey, Matt. No, nope, that's not it. Nope, that's not it. It should be in the today's no, sounds. I, I, I know. I dragged it in there. I don't know where it is now. What happened? Do you want me to drop it again? No, no, no. I see it. You can also skip it. <laughs> Maybe it's a cursed sound. Uh, in the meantime, as he's... What is happening? My brain is broken. What am I clicking on? Secunda School of Acting. Jesus. I mean, you're all. Welcome to the Andrew Secunda School of Specific Acting. That one sounds like the start of a sleep hypnosis. <laughs> well, as given that many people listen to this podcast to fall asleep, I guess it's appropriate. Um, uh, he also mentioned going back in time and listening to the uh, episodes. Uh, I, uh, Jeff, uh, Lieutenant Commander Jeff Mullins has been sending in these awesome little snippets of the show, which I think I'm going to start posting on Instagram, and it inspired me finally to get back up to date. What? Somebody, somebody pointed out that it was uh, that we passed a thousand, but I didn't have that marker set for on on our Patreon. But I didn't have our marker set for. For any prize, I know. Well, I'm saying, you know, that should be a thing that I do. Look, we're coming to the end of TNG. Okay, I gotta move my car, so you vamp for a while, Andy. Oh, you know what? This is uh, perfect. Um, Now I can finally have my say. Although we know from the last time I had to vamp that I usually just spiral when left to my own devices. (laughs) Anyway, my point is this. you guys are always sending stuff in, um, and uh, um, I'm the one who's blowing it because my disorganization with uh, with the social media. Um, so I'm really going to try and focus again. Uh, Josh Bald, Lieutenant Commander Josh Bald, had helped out and um, made a, uh, a sort of a little a Google file doc where you can drop stuff depending on the episode. So I'm going to try and get it going again. Uh, maybe I'll post about it on the Face group or or Josh will um, about how to how to get in there, and I'm going to slowly try and get us up to uh, up to date. Probably not by the time TNG ends, but uh, hopefully on some kind of regular schedule. Um, and uh, uh, you know, I uh, just want to say as a side note, uh, I really appreciated all of the art, all of the little jingles, all the snippets. Um, you guys have sent in over time. They've really made me happy, uh, and uh, that's a that's an uphill battle. 
to do that. Look at this mess. Soon you guys are all going to see this 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 room cluttered with guitars this guy is in 24 hours a day. I wonder if the guitars are bad feng shui. Does that explain his his mood? I wish I had something like that to explain my mood. If only Matt were the kind of person who would cut this out. Um, I'm going to go on to a Prime Corrective because the Prime Corrective is only about me and my mess-ups. Um, Mark T. It's a Prime Corrective. Because Matt and Andy got it wrong. And then Matt would probably say, um, well, probably just me because Andy's not expected to know it. But at this point, I should. Mark T. says, there's so much to love about TNC. Thank you, Mark. But my favorite might be Andy consistently confusing the name Locarno, Robbie McNeil's character in The First Duty, with Letourneau, as in Mary Kay. Another famous figure of the 90s with questionable morals. Makes me laugh every time. Keep up the great work, guys. You're absolutely right, Mark. Really vamping? I thought he would just sort of stop and then we'd just... (laughs) I just do the edit. Uh, I find it unlike. I feel like very low odds that you were going to do the edit. So I, I always. So I just kept going. Tape. I got to slap them together anyway. You know. Did you stop tape? No. Well, there you go. Do you want this in? I mean, I vamped. It's up to you, man. Audience, what do you think? (laughs) To take a poll. (laughs) Uh, This is where the, the the instant poll would be useful. Um, I'm fine with it. Uh, Tess, uh, I'm in a prime corrective, though. I moved on to a prime corrective. Wow, you did it without the sound cue? I I did it. I did my own rendition of it, which was pretty terrible. Oh, okay, good. Then we'll allow it. Tess uh, writes, uh, I also find, this is regarding that I keep mixing up Locarno with Letourneau, as in Mary Kay Letourneau. Um, Tess says, I find uh, that amusing as it happens almost every time the character is brought up. And the, that and the mention of Red Squadron, when I'm pretty sure it was Nova Squadron. Um, oh, yeah, I called it Red Squadron. Oh, there you go. Because I can hear Locarno saying, we were Nova Squadron. Nobody else could say that. But now I sometimes think I can hear Laterno saying, we were Red Squadron. Nobody else could say that. And it almost seems right. And then Command Master Chief Robert Garrison uh, points out red was ds9 so it's a red squadron yes. in ds9 yes but also i think where my brain pulled it from is um star wars that's where i obviously would know it more from if you would like to send us a hail send it to sttncpod at gmail.com please put the title of the episode in the subject heading somewhere um if you'd like to tweet or Instagram Matt, you can do it at Matt Myra. If you'd like to Instagram me, I'm at Andrew Secunda. If you'd like to tweet me, I'm at Secunda. If you'd like to send us a voice hail, please do. It's 816-TREK-TNC. And obviously to get access to our priority one messages and possibly win a Christopher Pike Medal of Valor, join the Patreon at any level. That's it for the hail back. Thanks, everybody. Hailing frequencies close or... You're not going to give it. Where is everything? Hailing frequencies closed, sir. I feel like I inadvertently. Oh, I'm in an old sound set. That's where I disappeared.
Mm, that all makes sense now. What rickety ship would we be the equivalent of? Whatever one you want, pal. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> I mean, you've seen almost all of TNG. Do you have an answer? I don't. Exactly. <laughs> How about uh, Crandall's ship? We don't know what uh, that looks like. That's the inside straight, and uh, only that's Picard. You know, you can't. How about the ship that uh, that Wesley and uh, and Picard crash on that planet? And, it's just a uh, shuttlecraft. That's what we'd have—a shuttlecraft. I mean, we got no, it wasn't. I thought it was a guy. It was a. It was like some some independent pilot has that ship. Oh, oh, I don't remember. What was that one called? Final mission? Yes, it was. Sounds right. Um, We're in what the is episode this? Proper. Flood, flood, floodborne, blood, bloodline, bloodlines. Not floodborne. I mean, it might have been floodborne. <laughs> Jesus. We crossed many doors to many places. Your hands made us think of all your faces. So plug the MC in your little board node. Let's talk about this week's episode. It's Bloodline 722. That's the 22nd episode of the seventh season, which aired the 2nd of May, 1994. Andy, what was happening? Number one song in the U.S., still The Sign by Ace of Bass. Number one song in the U.K. is a Prince song, if you have any interest. The most beautiful girl in the world. I mean, I would have interest, but I've already clicked on Ace of Bass. I mean, equal musical merit, I'm sure. Uh, Number one movie, Four Weddings and a Funeral. Number one book, The Celestine Prophecy by James Redfield. Number one TV show that week, Home Improvement. Deaths that week, actor George Papard, A-Team. His his plan finally came together. Or was that face that said that? No, No, that that was was him. Uh, Events, the channel underneath the English Channel opens. Oh, wow. That's only that old? Apparently, channel. I feel like for some maybe they were working on it for a long time, and that was when it finally. I always wanted to take it, never took it. Seems like the Anglophile Matt would have. Yeah, I just got on a plane. Uh, So that's what's happening in the world. Let's find out what's happening in our world with the, (laughs) you know, chairman of the board himself. That's right. Time for everyone's favorite segment. Frank Sinatra, cool. come on! Da, 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 da. It's time for that segment everybody hates. <laughs> time for Frank Sinatra, come on! Andy, what was going on with old blue eyes? Well, Matt, Frank is on a real... <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry, Frank would be really disapproving of my coughing in the middle of a segment. He would smack me upside the head. Frank is on a rest week between concerts. So it gives us time to look into the problems Frank was exhibiting more and more in his concerts. He would forget lyrics, even though they were projected on prompters. He would repeat the same piece of banter as the introduction to different songs in the same concert. Most journalists assumed it was progressive Alzheimer's disease, but his manager later wrote a book claiming that symptoms were caused by many years of overusing an antidepressant known to have potential side effects of blurred vision, weight gain, agitation, and confusion. His manager was particularly worried about the agitation part as Sinatra carried a loaded pistol on tour 
even keeping it tucked into his boots on stage. He also kept a loaded Uzi on his private jet. Eventually, they filed down the firing pins without Frank's knowledge, so the guns could not shoot. Jesus Christ. An Uzi? What is Frank imagining is going to happen that he's going to need an Uzi? He knows a lot of secrets. You. All it takes is one crazy. You know? That's right. And Frank shows up with his Israeli submachine gun. And uh, ring-a-ding-ding, baby. It would have been take up. It would have been the greatest Frank story ever if, if a crazy fan came at him and he killed him with an Uzi. <laughs> uh, this is Bloodlines, which was written by Nicholas Sagan and directed by Les Landau. And uh, Damon Bach threatens the life of a son Picard never knew he had. Yeah. That's about right. Yep. Um... I'm woefully underprepared for anything right now. You know, all it takes is uh, my wife making me move my car in the middle of a podcast for me to uh, lose all sense of uh, space, time, and 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 uh, word word I'm looking for. Your wife is like your Cohesion? traveler. Cohesion? Cohesion? No, that's not right. Hmm. All right. Whatever. <laughs> what's happening over there well now my dog's outside barking and I don't understand what's happening cause like my wife is now a lot at the house and I'm just like well what's happening Why? do you want to stop What's uh, what do you need I mean I need to now be done in an hour which I feel like is doable wait what happened to the sound oh there it is Jesus Report. There's an object of some kind closing in on our position. On screen. It appears to be an unmanned probe, approximately one half meter in diameter. There are no identifiable armaments. Captain, we are being... You are being hailed by name. Open a channel. This is... It's about time, number one. Yes. Captain Just me. He only wants to talk to me. I'm reading the power surge. Shields up. The beam appears to contain holographic imaging information. It's trying to project something. Isolate the bandwidth. Let the signal through the shields. Buck. I trust you remember me, Picard. Because I haven't forgotten you. Or how you murdered my son. For 15 years now I've thought about how to avenge his death. But nothing I could do to you could equal what you did to me. Until now. You thought you could hide him from me, didn't you? But I found out about him. Jason Vigo is as good as dead. I'm going to kill your son, Picard. Just like you killed mine. The whole... <laughs> this episode's bananas <laughs> which which aspect is striking well i mean think first? about like think about the he, damon bach had to like go through picard's history and find someone he was sexually 
uh, active with who also had a child that would be an appropriate age. Right. And then change their DNA. Right. Like, it's quite an involved plan of his. And to ultimately what? Like, because he knows then that he will not have gotten the revenge he truly sought. Well, I mean, I guess he's backed his he's backed his expectations up from actually killing his son to making Picard feel like he killed his son. And right. he's certainly going a long way to get there. <laughs> it's also like, do you think that it's it's um do you think he was like looking through and he's like, Oh my god, there's only like one person that I could possibly find a child of that could be his because he's only had sex with one woman. You know, because he buries his head in antiques and books. I think that is what he discovered. I mean, also the convenience of having a child that age and also someone that Picard has not kept in touch with. Like, I mean, just a lot has to go right for Damon Bach here. I mean, this is, I assume what he's, his life has been consumed with finding a son. And so he's just been accumulating information and figuring out like, well, it would have been easier for him to like secretly set up Picard on dates. (laughs) And then give him a son. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to see that. See if there's any mention of Jason Vigo in Federation records. You might start with. Bach plays matchmaker to Picard. Your wine. You two are a very handsome couple. Number one, contact the Ferengi government. Find out all you can about Bach. dressed up like the waiter. <laughs> you two really, uh, you're, you're you're beautiful together. You, you really uh, seem to be hitting it off. And then and then he finds that he falls in love with Picard. <laughs> I'm going to give you the sun, <laughs> and then I'm going to kill him. <laughs> no, I'll hurt myself again. <laughs> Come. The Ferengi government is debating an amendment to the rules of acquisition. It could be a while before we hear from them. <laughs> loves to clown on the Ferengi. <laughs> has a son named Jason. This is the most recent picture we could find. I wish it was a, an adolescent teen that was bald. <laughs> How old is the boy now? I like that they give the one nod. He and his mother yeah. lived 12 years ago. They settled on KMR 5. That's all we know. He's got a good sense Planet of humor that virtually Captain Picard. Yeah. Um, what do you think about this episode, Andy? Uh, I think that it's... I don't mind the setup. Um, I think that it's inherently flawed because it's it's a lot of delaying of what's going to happen the revenge of killing the kid is delaying the reveal that it's not his son is delaying and so the heart of it is his interaction with the boy or the man <laughs> the fully grown man and uh and that and that's a little bit of delaying too even though it's you know characterization wise they play it correctly that it's like oh yeah this this kid might be like, I don't know, you're not my dad. Why are you acting like you're my dad? Like, get away from me. Right. But that puts, that. that's like, that's really where the episode is supposed to live. And that also is a delay. So, 
even though it's all I feel like it's all kind of done well I feel like it's acted well and um you know I do I, do, I kind of wish they gave him the sun yeah you know I got maybe that's too similar to um Kirk's right uh story right to guard the bridge set a course for the Kmore system warp five aye sir I'm going there on personal business and you're all coming with me. Well, what five? Not not too fast. I do appreciate <laughs> you're not asking. But I do think that you have a right to know. There is a possibility that the boy is my son. What? <laughs> Riker got really angry. <laughs> <laughs> Who is she? <laughs> Red uh, alert. <laughs> all power to the weapon systems. I will point out to you, to anyone who is saying, uh, there you go, Andy's theory isn't isn't correct. First, it's not his son. And second, he says it's a possibility, which to me means that Picard isn't really sure that that's his son because he doesn't really know what it takes to make a son with a lady. He's like, I got to second base. <laughs> is that what that be? That's, 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 that's Is that something? It was involved... <laughs> with his mother for a short time about 24 years ago talked we met through a friend we sang songs when I was on shore leave on earth it was uh, all very romantic very intense probably I think. because we both knew that I would be leaving in two weeks and we kept in touch for a while but we never managed to get together again she never said anything to you about being pregnant? I'll kill her. <laughs> what? <laughs> so either Bok is wrong, and I'm not the father, or Miranda decided to Picard raise the child is not alone. the father. Which, quite frankly, wouldn't surprise me. She was <laughs> yeah, come on. Very strong-willed. She would have to be to get by on K-more 5. That place is a real shithole. He's my son or not. This is a more four we're talking about. K-more <laughs> four is a paradise. And I don't <laughs> doubt that he will try to make good his threat against the boy. Well, then should we should we should we go faster now? Four five's fine. <laughs> Information on Jason. I have to protect the universe right until we don't. What about his mother? No, sir. Miranda was trained as a botanist. She was used to talk about running a farm one day. Maybe we should concentrate on the agricultural areas. That would significantly narrow our search. The only cultivated land is on the southern continent, and there are relatively few people engaged in agricultural activities. There cannot be many non This time we see how powerful the Enterprise sensors are for orbit. I'm detecting eight humans. Three are female. However, they are all too young to be Miranda Vigo. What about males? One has a real bad attitude. One is an infant. Or maybe it's Another the infant. elderly. No, sir. <laughs> Two are middle-aged. At seven, you said there were eight. I am having difficulty getting a clear reading on the eighth. The individual appears to be approximately two kilometers beneath the planet's surface. Male or female? Male, between 20 and 30 years old. No one in their right Devastatingly mind handsome. Unless he were forced to. Captain... I'm reading seismic instability in the area. He is in danger. Relay his coordinates to the transporter room. Have them beam him aboard. Aye, sir. But wait until I get there. 
Hold him in the pattern buffer. Uh, Sagan, the writer, says... Uh, says, Bloodlines is an interesting episode, but it wasn't as good as uh, Attached, which was the previous episode he wrote. Uh, he agreed that it did not provide as much closure, which was important to do in the show's final season. Sagan added, I think that Bloodlines is also hurt by the fact that it seemed like in the seventh season there were a lot of relatives of characters being trotted out. Like, oh no, who's next? It's Guinan's third cousin. <laughs> <laughs> that, which is a classic thing later on in, in shows where they're just yeah. like, man, I'm bored with the regular characters. Let's just add these other characters. And I don't have a problem with that. It's just a question of why. It feels like they're almost setting up a fucking Picard Sun spinoff with this guy. I would uh, not watch it. Good specific acting by the transporter chief. What? How does this, this work? Is a federation ship. That's right. I'm Captain Picard, Jean-Luc Picard. I realize I wasn't supposed to be splunking that cave. But don't you have something better to do? We thought you were at risk. Oh, well, I wasn't. So maybe you should just beam me back where I was. Are you Jason Vigo? <laughs> I love that he's taking the same stance. <laughs> <laughs> A little fall otherwise. <laughs> I know him. Is he in trouble? In a manner of speaking. Someone has made a threat against his life. Jason, I'm an old friend of your mother's. I'm here because you're in danger. Why would anybody want to kill me? The person who has made the threat is under the impression that you are my son. Transporter Chief, you're not going to believe what's happening no. right now. <laughs> I don't know. My mother never told me who my father was. Just that he was in Starfleet. Maybe we should contact her. She, uh, she died a few years ago. Oh, I'm sorry. Jason, I think it's important that we find out one way or the other. Would you be willing to permit a genetic test? If I'm not your son, is this person still going to want to kill me? I doubt it. In that case, you won't mind my saying that I hope you're not my father. <laughs> well, that hurts my feelings, but all right. Still hurts, still hurts, uh, but let's uh, go. I'm, um, here's the thing I got to say about this guy, Ken Olant. Uh, besides being incredibly dishy, look at this. Uh, look at this guy. Um, he's very good in the episode. It's a day player part not a day player he's like obviously a lead here but uh he just he walks in he holds his own against patrick stewart and um i think you could do a spinoff of this guy uh, i i really am impressed with that the character is well written and he does it well he sort of makes a character likable in a very short period of time and I think the only other thing that I remembered, and granted I know nothing, is uh, he's like one of the people in summer school um, with Mark Harmon and Courtney Thorne-Smith. Um, but, um, but he didn't he didn't go on to that much more. And it's sort of interesting 
But you had all these handsome guys and across time. You always have handsome guys in Hollywood. But this across guy, time. like, he had, he had the stuff to be one of those guys in a 90s show or movie. Certainly handsome enough. Why, why did this guy not get a shot? Why not Ken Olant? He was probably up for the single guy, but Jonathan Silverman won out. Feels like, feels like. I feel like put him in one of those whatever those L.A. Law one of those procedurals. It's, it's interesting. Not it's not too late for him. We can get him. We can get him in something. He's not he's young and pretty pot. anymore. Now he's just another. He's a silver handsome pot. older actor. Over the years. Uh, this Maybe is wrong. Maybe place. he wasn't a Melrose place or something, and I overlooked it. And um, this is this is a gall and prayer stick. It's it's really quite rare. Is it valuable? Oh, not really. Only to students of archaeology such as myself. Though I I did have to hand over a bottle of very old Saurian brandy for it. I'd say you got taken. Well, perhaps, but it's a value to me nonetheless. <laughs> I came up, something has value. You can eat it or sell it. Everything else is luxury. Like these luxurious climbing Would you clothes like some tea? I have. <laughs> no, thanks. Something else? No. T.L. Grey hot. He's no ideas when he does that. I'm sure oh. that this whole thing is as much of a surprise to you as it is to me. I really want to be honest with you, Jason. I only knew your mother for a very short time. I I would have liked to have known her better. <laughs> so awkward. It just didn't work out that way. <laughs> but it, you look a lot like... It was very hot, though, I believe. I have no comparison. Um, Ken Olat was also in a show... Where there was, could this be forty-eight episodes? This must have been some weird syndicated show called Super Force. Get a load of this. In the year twenty twenty, mm-hmm. an astronaut becomes a vigilante when he returns from a mission to learn his cop brother's been murdered. That sounds awesome. It was also a half hour. Was it a joke? You gotta, I gotta check that out. Sounds like a, that would be a joke show. I don't think. Like police squad? <laughs> I don't think so. If it is, that's very advanced for the time. Um, oh, it was action adventure sci-fi. Nope. Yeah, action adventure crime. How weird. Where did it even air? What a weird. I wonder program. if it's a Canadian show or something. Uh. Anyway, I guess that's what he did. He. That's how he spent his nineties. Viacom first run syndication. Situation with Bach. Well, what is the situation with Bach anyway? I mean, why does he want me dead? Years ago, I was forced to destroy a starship commanded by his son. Bach apparently feels that it would be fitting vengeance to kill my son. Well, I can't hide forever. Of course not. 
We are trying to locate Bok now. I want to confront him, settle this matter. How long is this going to take? I assure you there is no one more eager to put this behind us than I am. Doesn't seem right. Where do I stay? We'll get you some quarters. Okay, let's go. Jason? You're the heir to a very fine chateau in France. You're <laughs> I hope it will give us the chance to get to know each other. Lots of things there you could sell. And came from. Bach took the precaution of encrypting the probe's navigational systems so that we would be unable to decipher its flight path. We ran an analysis of the probe's hull. From the energy signatures and the particle deposits we found, it looks like it traveled through a dichromic nebula, was exposed to an intensive gravimetric distortion, and passed within one light year of a class four pulsar. One light year? That's crazy. Let's look it up. <laughs> anyway. Did you skip over the uh, the reveal scene, or did we watch it? The Beverly scene. I skipped over it a Grand bit. Thomas. <laughs> no, they get in the way. I think it's mostly just her reveal was funny to me. So, what do you do? First of all, he's also looking at like uh, tricorders and everything, I'm like he's a caveman. Well, they don't they don't have I this see. kind of stuff on right. this uh, planet here. I guess. Excuse me, gentlemen. The test results are ready. If you'd like to hear them. No, I'd rather not. Thank you, Beverly. <laughs> your genetic code is a cross between the DNA of your mother, Miranda Vigo, and your father, Jean-Luc Picard. She reveals it in such a reality competition show way. <laughs> your mother and your father, dot, dot, dot. More after the break. What? <laughs> Zoom in, slow zoom in on Picard's face, slow zoom in on Vigo's face. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time to talk with us, Damon. I understand you have a problem. Yes, it concerns Damon Bach. Bach is no Damon. He was relieved of command six years ago. He was unstable, dangerous. We had to confine him to Rog Prison. But he's no longer there. Uh, he was able to buy himself out about... Two years ago. That's a great detail about the Ferengi. Do you know his whereabouts now? I understand he was seen in the Darius cluster not too long ago. But that cluster consists of more than 20 star systems. (laughs) You don't have to thank me, Captain. Believe it or not, Captain, that might have given us the fix we need. There's a nebula in the Dorius cluster that matches the same particle signature we found on the probe. There is a class 4 pulsar three light years from the nebula. My calculations indicate the probe was launched in the Zendikabu system. I mean, this is all a bunch of chapa to fill time. <laughs> it is. It's very strange. It's just always interesting. You have these late season shows like like uh you know whatever toward the end of their run i feel like this happened with buffy too where it's like i'm like oh boy hot dog all sky's the limit where are we going and then you get mired in these side characters and you're spending time in conversation it's just like we only have a limited amount of time left come on um so what's he like i'm not sure that i can tell you he puts up so many barriers. 
I have no idea what is underneath. Keep in mind, he's had 20 years to be angry that his father wasn't there. It's going to take some time to get over those feelings. But I do think it's possible. Perhaps. But surely it would be wrong to force the issue. My sense is that he is a very independent young man. Perhaps it would be best if I left him alone. Let him come to me if he wants to. Maybe you're right. But I think you should consider this. Are you doing the best thing for Jason, or what's easiest for you? God damn it, Beverly. Bazinga. Now Jason has on the uh, the yeah. universal symbol for roguish charm, a vest. Hello, Jason. I'm Deanna Troy, ship's counselor. Come in. Did Captain Picard ask you to come talk to me? No, I just thought I'd come and see how you were doing. A lot's happened in the last few hours. I thought you might like to talk about it. I'll be all right. People have wanted to kill me before. <laughs> but you've never met your father before. And I have to admit, I never thought I would. It must be somewhat overwhelming. I'm a little shaky. Well, that's only natural. But you know what? No, no, physically shaky. I You'll find out later in the episode. So, how did you feel about the captain? About your father? He's okay. A little stiff. But where are you from? I was born on Beta Z. Do all the women there have eyes like yours? Look, Jason. I came here to talk to you because I'm the ship's counselor. If you don't want to talk to me in that way, then I think I should go. I may or may not be dating Wolf. Huh? This was Picard's idea. I mean, Patrick Stewart's idea. <laughs> the idea for this episode came from a conversation with Jerry Taylor that Jerry Taylor had with Pat, Brent Spiner and Patrick Stewart during the filming of Masks. Taylor asked Stewart if there were any aspects of his character he felt were unexplored, and Stewart noted he was unsatisfied with the vengeance of Damon Bach from the first season. <laughs> and he commented, It always fascinated me that there was this creature running around the universe, even now, who despises me. Taylor gave the idea to Nick Sagan to flesh out. See, I feel like with that starting point, you could have done a better story. Mm-hmm. You're welcome to make an appointment to come to my office. It's just a vengeance story. Because then what you should have done based on that, like, I feel like Patrick Stewart, his instincts were right, which is, I don't know if this is exactly what he's saying, but he's fascinated by the vengeance idea. And that's sort of taking the vengeance idea in this episode and just making it like, and he's trying to kill his son too. And it's this complex way that he's going about it. But I feel like what it should have been focused on is the element of when someone, when Picard has wronged someone, wrong or right, and they want vengeance and their lives are consumed with rage, how does Picard feel that? How does he resolve it? Hmm. Um... Because there's just so much he can do. It's like almost an unresolvable problem. That's always interesting to see how Picard is going to field it. But I don't feel like that's what this is doing. (laughs) This Damon Bach with his technology to just beam into the Enterprise. He really should. He could be making a lot of money. I'm kind of on the rest of the Frankie side. He seems like he's years beyond everyone else in terms of technology. 
officers don't show any so sign of an intruder. The first time, that was just a hologram Correct. on the bridge. This time, he actually transported in? Yes. Feels like he could have messed with it more if he's actually transporting in. Yeah, um, and then looks, the ship looks so inept. Because you know, they that's that's sort of the problem with it. Because they couldn't stop him. Yeah. Um, oh, also, it feels like the the ship would also know that there was a person there. Right. I don't think so, Captain. Something has to generate a hologram. We would have detected it. Bok once used a mind control device to make me hallucinate. That device emitted a very specific energy signature. I'm not reading anything like that. Or could he have modified the device so he could use it without being detected? It's possible. I'll recalibrate the sensors to scan for low-intensity transmissions. Just to be sure, I'll sweep your quarters with a resonant scanner. Good. Keep me posted. Mr. Wolf, I want you to assign a security detail to Jason. And what about yourself? I am not the target of box threats. Jason is... Captain, mm-hmm. I've compiled all available records pertaining to Jason Vigo's criminal record. Criminal record? Yes, sir. He has been charged three times with petty theft, twice for disorderly conduct, and several dozen times with trespassing. Trespassing? I believe the charges relate to his climbing activities in the caves beneath the planet's surface. This is the information you requested, is it not? Thank you, Mr. Data. They love to hold on data for his reactions to the humans <laughs> in every scene in TNG. What's his problem? <laughs> okay. What was your name again? Lieutenant Rhodes. Actually, I meant your first name. Sandra. Well, Sandra, do you think you could give me some room? We're supposed to be keeping an eye on you. Can't you keep an eye on me from over there? Seems like he uh, he was about to make some headway with uh, the lieutenant, and then he he just bailed on it. Oh, he felt the shakes coming. I see. He didn't want to be embarrassed in front of her. That was Amy Pietz. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Ooh. Good morning, Carolyn in the city. Starring you said our own Leah Thompson. Because Bach appeared in my quarters last night. Now, it might not have been him. It may have been an image we're investigating. Look, why don't you just drop me off somewhere? I can watch out for myself. That wouldn't be wise. I've been doing it since I was 15. I'm sure you have, but Bach is a dangerous creature. He's creature. He has a starship. He has technology. All right. Speciest. Stay here. Would you like some tea? Uh, I don't have a ton to say about this, honestly. Well, there's not that much that's happening. That's part of the problem. The other thing is, this is kind of a bookend to the episode where the kid has to room with him I don't even remember the reason for that was that supposed to be his son too what was the why was that kid he was an admiral's distant relative like that had been taken at birth 
I see. An alien race, remember? And then raised as a hunter. Yeah. Um, but it's sort of like, because that was melodramatic and over the top. However, you had the kid being kind of a a brat and out of control and unruly because he was raised by hunters. So this kind of has the portrayal of Jason is kind of like, he's kind of a reasonable person. He's, you know, he's a little bit of, uh, you know, he's a little bit immoral because he's grown up on this planet where it's really hard to get by. But he's been pretty reasonable. He was okay with the test. He's just sort of doesn't want to, he's not comfortable getting close with Picard. So like, that's the main dramatic conflict and that's a little bit of a mid mid ground conflict i like that he's sort of chill they just needed to come up with something else that happened um yeah and they didn't on screen is it another holographic device no sir it's the previous shot we used earlier captain the probe (laughs) systems are overloading red alert shields up As a result of the read alert, shouldn't he not have to say shields up? This is just giving him damage something to report. do. He just likes to say it. No damage, sir. Captain, I do not believe it was meant as an attack, but rather as a message. Message? Yes, sir. In Bazal, a Ferengi code which uses alternating patterns of light and darkness. Can you translate it? I am attempting to do so. The message reads, My revenge is at hand. It'd be funny if uh, if then Bach uh, appeared to him in the flesh behind him through the transport and was just like, yes, my revenge is at hand. <laughs> <laughs> like, why is he sending this code? He's already appeared and said what he wanted to say. <sighs> if you want me to stay and talk, <laughs> there you go. I'll call for security this time. How do you like your boy, Captain? Is he everything you'd always hoped for? It's a risky game you're playing coming here. Next time we'll be ready for you. Why don't we settle this now? Oh, and how do you propose to do that, Picard? You murdered my son! It was self-defense. He fired on my ship. You were in Ferengi space! I didn't know that. If he'd told me, I would have withdrawn. I'm sorry, but there's nothing I can do to bring him back. How touching. Your apology is worthless to me. I demand that you repay me for my loss. You cannot put a price on a life. Oh, but you can, Picard. You can pay me with your son's life. No. You don't have any choice. I insist on being paid. Uh, anyway. Section four. I wonder if you worked it out with the transporter chief on his ship just like I'm gonna build up and then when I finish with I insist on being paid that's when you hit it alright not a second sooner otherwise you'll ruin the moment or like two seconds after I stand up whatever's easier for you (laughs) (laughs) but not in the middle of the stand that'll ruin the elegance any other seizures like this before no not really sometimes my hand shakes but never this bad when I was trying to hide it from time? Amy Pietz, who's behind me. About a few months ago. Do you have any idea what's wrong with me? You have a condition called the Forrester-Trent syndrome. It's a degenerative neurological disorder. Very rare. 
What do you mean, degenerative? If it goes untreated, it could result in paralysis, even death. It means it gets worse, Captain. I'm going to start you on a neuro. It's brought on by trying to change the genetic if code lucky, of someone to look like someone else's genetic code. And maybe reverse its effects. The disease is hereditary. I know your father doesn't have it. Was your mother prone to these seizures? That's what I know of. There have been some cases reported where the disease was instigated by a random mutation. I'll run a microcellular scan and see if that's what happened. In the meantime, I want you to try to take it easy and get some rest. Is he going to be all right? I wish I could say for certain. But I'm not sure how he'll respond to treatments. I've been thinking about what you said the other day. And, you know, I think you were right. I had convinced myself that Jason didn't want me to reach out to him. You know, I don't think anyone is born knowing how to be a parent. You just sort of figure it out as you go. But the one quality that tends to be a requirement for parenthood is patience. Is that well, why I'm you're a sure doctor? You have a lot of patience? <laughs> <laughs> I've got to go. But I, I got the it. feeling that... If I had been part of his life, then he wouldn't be so troubled now. Maybe. But why waste time blaming yourself for not being there? Just be here for him now. No, well, that's too much trouble. And be patient. I can't stand sick, babe. No, no, I just, <laughs> I just don't really mean. John Luke, you're missing the point. Captain, have you farted in this chair recently? Bach was in direct contact with this chair for an extended period. It is showing a distinctive subspace signature as a result. We think he's using some kind of subspace transporter. What's the thing that Jordy's holding? I've never seen that. Just a different kind of tricorder? No, it's a scanner. You've seen it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you have. And is that a Blackberry in his other hand? Don't you remember when he found that skeleton in the wall? (laughs) Used it then? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was more of a... Federation abandoned its research in the field because... Of a light... Yeah, that thing has a light on it. Oh, it does. It's not using it right now. Let me see. It's going to be an optical effect process that they don't need to bother hey, with. Hey, this is, I'm sure, a dumb question. Or is it? Are their deltas different? And did they change in this last season? What do you mean? I don't remember the outline inside the the circle, the oval. Uh, no, those are the same. Hmm. The technology was found to be unreliable, as well as energy intensive. In order to transport matter through subspace, you have to put it in a state of quantum flux. It's very unstable. What range would that kind of transporter have? In theory, it could operate over several light years. That means that the probe that exploded could have been beamed into position from some point outside sensor range. If Bach uses his transporter again, we might be able to trace the subspace signature and locate his ship. Is there any way we can keep Bach from beaming aboard the Enterprise again? I don't think there is. See, if he has the ability to beam aboard, he may be able to beam someone away. It is a possibility. I'm concerned that he may try to take Jason. Is there any way we can protect him? You know, we might be able to keep a signal lock on him at all times. If Bach tries to beam him away, we might be able to hold him here. Why not just put a transport inhibitor in his quarters? Dumbass. Computer, where is Jason Vigo? You've been a real Jason west. Uh, 
to Jordy there. Well, I mean, it's just like this plot convenience. We have to do this instead of this, which is like you have these things. They're called transporter pattern. You know, they 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 transport inhibitors. Yeah. You know, and uh, it would work fine. But they just didn't want to use that for this episode because then you would get the fun scene where Picard has to beam across subspace. <laughs> There's something about. He climbs up Actually, to sort hands. of show that he's yeah. sort of, you know, I know, he can swing with the kid. But it's It'll, like, there's not that much conflict between them anyway, so. Yeah, but it's also like, I told you I liked climbing. We could do this sometime, maybe, huh? It's a real tepid right. episode. It's a shame. Wow, wow. This is, this is one of the episode. last ones. This is my favorite episode. I'm sorry. I know you're always talking about it. Like, wait till you get to Bloodlines. <laughs> he also, uh, before just before this scene, they say, where he asks, where is he? And he says, they say he's in Holodeck 4. And he looks almost kind of like fed up and annoyed. And I'm like, you told him to go to the Holodeck and do this. And maybe he's annoyed for some other reason, but. He's probably annoyed because, like, there's this Ferengi that can beam through his shields at any point that he wants. Yeah, I guess that's more reasonable. And he's got a crew. He's got a Starfleet crew that can't figure out how to not let the Ferengi beam through the shields. There's <laughs> nothing Gee, we can do to stop it. She taught us all how to read. And she grew vegetables in a hard pan to feed us. And she made sure we knew how to sing. It's important in a place like Kmore. Singing, I mean. And then one day, she was attacked by two men in in the street in broad daylight for the food she was carrying. And if she if she just given it to them, they probably wouldn't hurt her. But she knew how important the food was to us, so they killed her. I'm so sorry. Don't be sorry for me. My mother made sure that we were all tough enough to make it. Jason, isn't there some way that I can be a father to you? My own father and I were estranged. He wanted me to stay at home and tend the vineyards, and I wanted to join Starfleet. And also there's some other stuff we'll unpack later in Picard. <laughs> I think he was abusive to my mother, I'm not sure. Before we could come to terms with that. I mean, was that the reason we were estranged, or was it just the thing about the vineyard? Who knows? I don't want the same thing to happen to you and me. You don't understand. I'm not anybody you'd want for a son. Trust me. If you knew, if you knew anything about me, you wouldn't. You wouldn't be trying so hard. You're so wrong. Oh, really? Let me spell it out for you. I've been in trouble since I was a teenager. I lie, I steal, I use people. I'm a criminal. That's what your son is. I know how much money it takes to get hair care products to look like this. I know all about your troubles with the Cairn authorities. You do? It doesn't make any difference, Jason. You're still my son. And like it or not, I'm your father. I don't know what that means. You know, it means something. 
there's some connection. Yeah. But one thing is clear. You'll never look at your hairline again in the same way. I like his deadpan on that. (laughs) Um, I mean, here's the weird thing. It's a good scene. It's a well-written scene. They both play it really well. Um, it's it's a nice scene. It's just sort of like there's no story moving forward to hang it on. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's very odd. The lucky well, guy got to do else? that scene with Patrick Stewart. All these fucking huge scenes. I mean, it, it's it's. It's a fine character scene that then is sort of robbed from us by the ending of the episode. Yes, it's about Jason. (sighs) I finished the microcellular scan I was running. There's something you need to know. Sir, sensors are detected. Not yet, because we want it to be a surprise to the audience. (laughs) <laughs> a subspace carrier wave headed for the ship its signature is consistent with box transporter see if you can trace it locate box ship Jordy, are you ready down there i've got a signal lock on jason Riker to picard picard here Bach is trying to use his transporter Bach is re-establishing his lock on it So let me ask you a question. Is Picard rushing up to the transporter? To jump in the beam, yeah. Oh, is that what it is? He's trying yeah. to be beamed with him? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. ...left by his transporter is decaying more rapidly than predicted. It may not be possible to trace it. Captain, another probe has materialized 500 kilometers to starboard. It is sending a transmission. Put it on screen. This is a very special day, Picard. No, I want I want a closer shot of my face. My closer. Today. More intimidating. I will take your son away from you. It will be our anniversary. I wanted you to see him one last time. I'm tracing the transporter beam Bach used to send the probe. The ship is holding position approximately 300 billion kilometers from here. Plot of course, maximum warp. But what about space, sir? Nine, we wouldn't get there for another. Does it matter? <laughs> Modifications you made to the transporter. Is there any way we could use a subspace transport from here to get me onto box ship? It may like, be possible, sir. But this is a giant technology to introduce into the Star yes, Trek universe. <laughs> Tell that to JJ. Did it happen in uh, JJ Verse? Yes. I don't remember. They beamed a Klingon? They beamed a Kronos? All right. Captain, we might be able to get you over there, but I don't see how we're going to get you back. We'll deal with that when the time comes. I'm going to bring a... this holster in case I have time to put my phaser down. <laughs> take I, I hate cla- carrying things around. Pattern through the subspace field coils. Understood. Initiating There's a... Transport... 
there's a moment when he goes, Data, you're with me, that I was like, ah, oh, they're finally, after seven seasons, going to use Data strategically the way that he should be used, which is you beam him into a battle situation, and then he instantly disarms or knocks out everyone with his super android powers. But, of course, he just goes on alone. Yep. Sequence now. Maybe we can make a deal. What kind of deal? Tell my father you killed me. Put a phaser burn on my shirt and send it to him. He'll think I'm dead. That's what this is about, isn't it? I got friends on Kmore 5 that will make it worth your while. I understand your desire to live. But I want Picard to see your body so there will be no doubt. Lower your weapons. Our block is dead. Seems like they got the drop on him. Lower yours or your son dies. You know as well as I do, Bok. He's not my son. I know what you've done. Miranda Vigo is his mother, but I am not his father. You made it appear so because you resequenced his DNA. But your technique was flawed. He developed a neurological disorder. When my ship's doctor investigated it, she discovered what you had done. Now he'll never pay the ransom. Shut up. There never was a ransom. All he was ever interested in was vengeance. Daemon, is this true? He's not a daemon. He was stripped of command. They had no right to do that to me. Really bad communication in the Ferengi alliance. The Enterprise is closing in on your position. If you let the two of us go, they won't attack you. They won't attack us with you on board. They will cripple your ship and keep you here until the Ferengi authorities arrive. You've got a lot of explaining to do. Your only hope is to turn Bok over to them and tell them that he deceived you. Wow, he did it. He did it. He saved his not son. Now let's wrap this up nicely. Are you sure that you wouldn't like to stay on board the Enterprise for a few more days? Uh, Maybe I get an outfit less silly than this green stripe thing? It's a mess. But I'd like to go back and straighten things out. I understand. Well, uh, maybe next time you come back this way, you can look me up. I will. I, uh, I'll never be back this way, though. something into your bag while you were packing. Mm. I told you now because I want to see the reaction to it. I hope it's that pipe that uh, I showed no interest in before. I know you'd probably have preferred a bottle of Saurian brandy, but uh, that's all I could come up with. Seems like you could have gotten a bottle of Saurian brandy. I want you to have it. Scotty drank it all. <laughs> I'm useless. It's a different transporter chief for the scene. I wonder why. Delta shift. <laughs> I hope I didn't beam that guy into space. They never established. I guess we just started to assume that he uh, they worked out there. His genetic disorder that was going to slowly. Oh, yeah. She cured it. 
that's the, that's the crusher way. <laughs> All right, let's see. Well, it's the MVC, yeah, the MVC. Get over there! Late in the game, I feel like uh, Beverly Crusher is going to get another MVC. But she missed that he wasn't his son at the beginning. Which she discovered at the end. Uh-huh. Which gave Picard the solve for the episode. Well, what about Geordi or Data figuring out the subspace thing, even though they couldn't figure out a way to stop him from transporting his, his son I off. think I think Data, Geordi, and Worf failed miserably in this episode. Okay. A Ferengi beaming onto the ship three times <laughs> and taking someone away while the shields are up? It's like, no. We have a meeting with security, engineering, and the ops officer, and we're not going to have this happen again. That is fair. What about Picard, you know, sort of thinking his way through beating Bach at the very end? Didn't think his way through it. He just took the information given to him by Beverly Crusher and presented it. Well, he, you know, he t- he sort of played the Ferengi rules against uh, Look, you want to give it to uh, Picard? Go ahead. But I'm all right, all right, all right. You've convinced me. Give it to Beverly. I mean... I wasn't here to convince you. It's just saying what's what. <laughs> How many Andy's does this episode get? I do like Olent's performance. I like the idea that we're dealing with a Picard son, implausible as it is. I like the performances. It's just a tepid story. Like, nothing really happens, and the box stuff isn't really even that satisfying. It's kind of a, you know... Everything gets reset at the end. Yeah, so you could argue happens in every TNG episode, but it also episodic. But also, it also like, takes forever to get there. Yeah, and, the, and I think it takes away from any character growth we were getting. I th- well, I guess it's it's implied like that he's grown, even though this isn't his son. That they Three both sizes that day. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that classic Grinch Picard. Um, I give it a three. That's exactly right. Oh, thank God. Andy, uh-huh. you, you stole the number of Andes right out of my Andy mouth. Uh-huh. Three Andes. Next, next Andes. <laughs> uh, next week's episode uh, is Emergence. We're closing in on the end here, guys. Oh, Join that Patreon. Watch us do the last episode as we fumble live over the internet. Uh, but here's the trailer for next week. The Enterprise has taken on a life of its own. I believe the Enterprise may be forming an intelligence and is turning fantasy into real-life danger. Saying the ship is under the control of the holodeck? Now, can anyone regain control of the Enterprise? I don't know if we can stop the ship. Before it sacrifices the entire crew. It's an earthquake. Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm. All right. That's the episode that I did not and I did not see for the f- until a couple years ago for the first time. I mean, it has that feel of one. It has it sort of feels like it's like a little bit of a kitchen sink like eh, about this kind of element, this Star Trek element and just like, eh, just make make another one. We just we need gotta, to We got to do season. one more holodeck episode. What if it was everything in the holodeck? Okay. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Will indeed. This uh, is exciting. Otherwise. I'm going to have finished TNG. Yep, and then you're going to start DS9 and then fall in love with Benjamin Sisko the way I did. We'll see. 
Uh, all right, everyone. Until uh, next week, or if you're in the Patreon, until uh, two days from now. <laughs> Good day.